0: LifeWay Leadership Leadership Podcast Network
1: Hello, I'm Madeline Galia.
0: And g'day, I'm Scott
1: Sanders (laughs) Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every week Got. I have four questions for you. Okay. I've taken them from an article on entrepreneurship, which we'll be talking about later, which, and I've written down what I think will be your answers. Wow. So honestly, okay. how do I know you?
0: Prophetic, Madeline.
1: Yeah. Yes, which do you fear most, anxiety or frustration? Frustration. Are you willing to get into trouble in order to make something more yes. important happen? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> which is more valuable, instinct or wisdom? Instinct. Which is more valuable, imagination or analysis?
0: Oh, this is where I sit on the fence on that one. I'd say now anal- I'm more analytical, I think, but I'm not. A, I'm not a dreamer. I grab people's ideas and I use them. So yeah, but I'm an, an analyser.
1: Yeah. Can I just say I got four out of four? Oh! Right, I know you so well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's because you're more emotionally intelligent
1: than me. Oh, there you go.
0: The list is all now.
1: <laughs> the one thing is brought to you thanks to Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planting Network. Over the past ten years, we've helped plant hundred churches in Australia, and we're aiming for two hundred more by 2030. But for now, you've pressed play on another episode of The One Thing, Entrepreneurship in Church Leadership. Uh, So to give a bit of context for this, Geneva Push is trying to get 200 churches planted in the next 10 years, and the specifics of that are that there are many different models of church planting. Some church plants are parachute, which means they land in an area with no close ties to nearby churches. Others are multi-site, part of a, a campus of an existing church. Other plants will be mo- a mother-daughter model. Some will involve revitalization, Others are bivocational uh, from the planters. There are so many different shapes and sizes of church planters, but some of those church plants will need entrepreneur entrepreneurial planters. Scott, so when we say entrepreneurship, what do we mean?
0: Well, you've kind of already sort of really opened up the topic really well by Thank you. raising... Uh, <laughs> By raising, I guess, one of the issues, we, we kind of come to church planting and we say this is, this is who ought to be doing it. Mm. And the reality is there's a lot of different models that we can do and the personality types or the way people are wired um, is, is going to actually be important. You know? So you're going to need to think about and reflect on that personally if you're mm. the church planter, church planting couple. Uh, you are also going to be thinking about if you're the sending church. Uh, and, and so as you're you know thinking, is this the right person or are we finding the right people? You know, we want to have you know, those people being sent out who actually aren't, aren't going to find this frustrating or, or, yeah. uh, or, or fail at the church plant just because of, of how they've been wired by, mm. um, by God. So when we say entrepreneurship, I, I think often we have all these different ideas, but it's generally the, the, the startup person, um, the person who kind of gets things done. And I, I do want to open up a bit of research. You know, there's, there's lots of research on this topic. Yeah. But in some ways, I want to, I want to start with Paul, because I reckon Paul...
1: The Apostle. Well,
0: yeah, Paul the Apostle was, was an entrepreneur. Uh, you know, he, he started things. You know, I think you see in his missionary tours and his missionary journeys, someone who uh, was, was able to get out there and start new things. And it wasn't something that, uh, you know, gave him cause for frustration or, yeah. or failure. Now, the reality is he spent 10 years in Antioch before before he went. So it wasn't like he was just <laughs> on the go all the time. But one of the things I think we see, well, a few things we see in Paul, he had a deep trust in God. And so I think no matter what you're doing, whether you're established established church uh, pastor or if you're starting up a church, you need to have a deep trust in God. Mm-hmm. He he built a team. So again, a lot of the research out there will talk about the importance of how entrepreneurs, uh, they're self-aware, they're aware of their strengths and what they do is they actually pull in a team. Um, and so that, that's something that comes through a lot. Not people, A lot of people don't think about that because... The other side of the coin with entrepreneurs is that they uh, they cause conflict and yeah. because they get things done. But actually
1: uh, Are be- they self aware? Yeah,
0: well they they, they they are. See this is this is where the, re- the this is, where the research <laughs> is, gonna, is gonna push that sort of well sort of notion, me. yeah. Um, Paul took risks. You know, we see him regularly going to places, you know, his testimony through acts mm. is just really one big, you know, one big story of a guy who who took risks, went to places, spoke up, um, you know, beaten, trodden. You know, kicked out, jailed, or he took risks uh, for the gospel, Mm. uh, which I think you know correlated to his his deep trust in God as well. But it's just how he's wired. And then, in terms of in terms of the ministry that he he was he was 100% bought in. You know, so so I think one of the key things you find often about um, entrepreneurs again, most entrepreneurs, if you think about it, are the small solo you know business. You know, it's the green, gro- you know, it's the grocery store. It's the the small thing that doesn't necessarily have this big multinational, you know, lots and lots of staff, yeah. but it's just a small, it's a small business. And so they're often all in, you know, again, uh, most new businesses, uh, an entrepreneur doesn't take a wage for sort of three or four years. Yeah. And so that idea of Paul being a tent maker, of him working day and night, you know, he's, he's, he's by vocational, yeah, by vacation. He's 100%. He's all in. Yeah. They're fundraisers as well.
1: So mm, you you just, are good at
0: that. Well, <laughs> you see that with Paul though, Philippians yeah. four two Corinthians eight and nine. He was someone who who was unafraid in sort of you know asking people for money. So uh, the final thing I want to say is they're often exemplars. You know, again, so the reason why you read so many entrepreneur books and you know you've got them on, on your, you know pinned up on your walls because they're model they model they're the model business guy often.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. You know, we don't want to we don't have pictures of Henry Ford and you know uh, total quality logistics and you know just in time <laughs> processing. But we have we have entrepreneurs because they're model guys, you know, they're, they're off, you know, their example um, sort of stands out. And that's men and women as well. You know, they're often, you know, exemplar as well. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that's where you were going with, with what is on, entrepreneurship is, but I think that's one of the, um, the first things to look at. Mm. And some of the, you know, some of the articles that you read on this is uh, often say that, you know, people have these perceptions. Um, you know, and they expect an entrepreneur to be this—you know, exceptionally creative, restless. Um, you know, risk—are they really risk takers? No, they—they're they're just probably more comfortable with risk, you know, than someone who's not. You know, so they're happy to have uncertainty, ambiguity.
1: So they will take. But they will risks. take
0: risks, but but they but they'll you know. So this is what someone say with about me. Oh, you'll take risks. You're a risk taker. But I'll also go, oh, but I'm, I, I pretty. I make sure that I've, I've, I've worked out a lot of the you've risk. You've thought like, about it. I hate heights. I don't go on roller coasters. You're not rides. a thrill seeker, but um, you are a
1: risk taker. That's right.
0: I'm happy to go, yeah. With can, a lot of analysis. We can do this. Um, yeah. We can do this.
1: Um, you've mentioned a bit of the secular data. Uh, can you elaborate?
0: So there's, there's a number of sort of lif- different tools out there that you can read about that talk about the sort of key dimensions of entrepreneurial leadership. So mm-hmm. if you were, um, if you were looking for, you know, again, in the context of an organisation, You've got a new project that you want to start up or, uh, you know, there's a risky venture, you know, that hasn't actually been tested before. Who's going to lead that? Who do you want to, you know, be leading that who's not going to get frustrated? You know, these are some of the types. So, again, the first one, knowing yourself. So this self-awareness thing, uh, I think I think entrepreneurs are quite aware of their own strengths and weaknesses. And I think that's a, a really powerful thing that makes them often better at what they're doing. Again, uh, if, if I we had know a camera, why, I'm sorry, I if don't we know had a camera I in the room, Maddie doesn't believe this. This is, is what the research says. It, is
1: it that they're aware of their strengths, potentially not their weaknesses? Because you could be aware of one, not the other, right?
0: You could, you could be, but generally they know themselves. So they know what they're good at. And so they get people in. So again, you do it, you do any startup yeah. course, any startup course will, will put this up front. You know, you, you do any online course on the startup business. This will be the thing, you know, up front. get in the business manager, Get in the admin guy. Start building a team. Read Lean Startup. They're all about mm. getting a team around you. That's I get um, they're good at driving
1: good. other people. Is mm. that one of the qualities? Yeah,
0: uh, focusing on focusing on the who before the what. Having a clear vision of the future, which I think is part of that. Mm. You know that drivenness you talk about. Great communication skills. Yeah. So again, often we the entrepreneur. Oh, they're charismatic. They're an amazing leader. But actually, they've got real clarity about what they're doing.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and then they're able to communicate that. That that makes them often good fundraisers. You know good recruiters mm. for people as well because they know exactly where they want to go and they actually clearly communicate it draws that. others yeah the ab- adaptability yeah uh, we've already talked about that that allows you to take risks and allows you to deal with change the continuous learner so that's that imagination that's the you know the curious person so mm. often in the church planning context we see that uh, you know the church planer they won't have one welcoming system they'll have 10 welcoming systems and they will have looked at you know 10 different <laughs> churches and they won't have worked out exactly what they want but they they're curious yeah. they're continuously learning and they're not they're not happy you know they're, they're unsettled oh yeah we've grabbed this and it's working but we could do it better you know yeah. we, we could tweak it um, I think this last one's really important they create an atmosphere that's conducive to growth so one of the things I want to give you in the toolbox mm. is an interview that we did with uh, Luther Simons um, I was catching a train with him the last two nights. We've been in a like a we've been at, we've been at a Synod, Anglican <laughs> Synod. I, I go to an Anglican church in Sydney and so we've been at Anglican Synod, he's an Anglican minister. We've been catching the train home, you know, at the end of the synod mm. and, and just having a chat. And what you hear in that interview that we did a, a few months as part of the Reach Australia mission podcast was uh, you you see someone who expects God to be at work, you see someone who's looking for um, you know, God to be transforming people and, and growing the church. Uh you know there's an expectation you know he plans the baptisms a year in advance you know we're going to see 12 people come to Christ Yeah. so there's that there's it's that very expectation optimistic. yeah optimistic but but i call it you know they create an atmosphere that's conducive to growth so see how see how the you know yeah. the organizational psych people have said they create an atmosphere <laughs> so yeah they're optimistic yeah but in that optimism they're still planning you know they're putting things in place they're motivating encouraging their um, they they're, they're doing that so mm. um so in you know, many ways, entrepreneurs, like a lot of you know, a lot of leaders, they understand themselves, they but these are the particular characteristics just come out of, you know, one one tool that I can put a link to um, mm. online. And as I said, there's a number of different tools that that do this.
1: Yeah, if someone doesn't have these qualities, how much can they if they don't natu- if they're not naturally gifted in this way, how much can they grow by them through grit and education?
0: Well, I think uh, this is this that whole question of you know personality and how, yeah. and how you're wired uh i i think i think the gospel i think the gospel motivates motivates and i think an urgency about the gospel motivates and so i i would hope that that would cause you to reflect and and change you know where you needed you mm. know where you needed to um, but some of these you know some of these characteristics i think you know are often just not you know part of who you are so i think if if you are in that situation, what's going to happen is you're going to you're going to have frustration. Yeah. Uh, you're also going to be stressed uh, and operate in you in, know in a stressful environment. Yeah. Um, you know, so I don't enjoy roller coaster rides. Now I know <laughs> I know that's not, but I I like I went to in the holidays I went up Black um, Black Mountain in Cam in Canberra. Oh, You know yeah. that's the big tower. The, yeah, yeah. You know the communications tower. I was I was scared. Even though I'm <laughs> on lots of concrete, I still get scared up there. I don't like I, don't, I sit away from the edge. I get nervous when my kids get get near. Um, I feel une- uneasy. It's not a nice environment. Now yeah. I went up there. I did that. I, you know, took the photos with the kids. But I wasn't. I wasn't ever feeling at ease in that context. You're not
1: going to do it every day.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to do it every day. I'm not going to put myself in that situation. Whereas my wife loves that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you know, she's go- She's back on the line for the next roller coaster <laughs> ride. She's doing it again. She's going backwards. She's going forward. She's going upside down. Yeah. She's looking for how she can get that. And I'm, that's just, um, you know, not me in that situation. Yeah, yeah. So, I think being aware of it. Um, you know is 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 part of it and also again recognizing again sovereignty of god uh also the promises of god he's going to give the church what, what they need so again you don't you don't need to you know possess them and you might be able to possess them for a time yeah uh, but if you if, if, it, if it's going to be a constant shift like it is in the sense of a church plan at the start and you know a church plan in those first few years there's lots of change you know you, you could be changing venue quite regularly uh you, you could be moving through growth barriers depending on on, on where you are quite quickly, you know, 35, 75,
1: 125,
0: 200, Yeah. Uh, you know, so so just being aware for that. Now you can mitigate, I think, some of that by just knowing what to expect.
1: Yeah. And so
0: probably being able to plan and be ready for it. Uh, but I still think it puts you in a stressful situation.
1: Yeah, because if you're planning, you really only need to be an entrepreneur, hopefully for a few years, and then you've got a bigger team and it's more structure and growth building. Yeah. And, that's it, yeah. and,
0: th- and that's where, if, if that's who you are and you don't change, you're gonna find yourself. You're gonna be frustrated. Yeah, frustrated if you go. Yeah, you're gonna be pushing people always for change in the next thing, mm. and actually, no, you just need to. We just need to f- focus on the welcoming system for 12 to 24 months. It's gonna be okay. We don't need to make many changes. <laughs> it's gonna be all right, and it's gonna be helpful. That's where I think you can, you know, can yeah. undo yourself. Yeah. And you need to make that shift.
1: So, what's the opposite of entrepreneurship? Um,
0: well, I kind of, I kind of just wanted to, you know, again bring up a couple of. Um, uh, you know, stereotypes. I thought mm. I thought that would, might be the, the way to sort of, you know, get Go into for this. It. So some of the stereotypes, entrepreneurs entrepreneurs are unusually creative. Uh, so the subtler truth is actually entrepreneurs are curious seekers of adventure, learning and opportunity. You know, mm. so that's that that desire to look in. So how how it appears out to people is oh, they're unusually creative. Oh, you're always coming up with ideas, you know. No, no, they're 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 looking for opportunity, they're they're you know, they they're wanting to they're wanting to learn. Mm. Um, Another aspect is is openness to new experiences. Um, so the research that I'll I'll, I'll put the link to an, um, to this article. It's an, an HBR article on hiring an entrepreneurial leader. Um, you know, he says this is one of the single you know the single trait he says that it most distinguishes leaders who are in uh, entrepreneurial from their more conventional peers. So that restlessness, um, that desire to explore and learn. Um, the unknown being a source of excitement rather than anxiety. Yeah. Uh, enjoying, you know, dreaming up that process. So if I'm saying that to you and you're thinking, oh, that is totally not me, then mm. you're probably you're probably not an, an entrepreneur, which again is completely okay. Yeah. Um, people see a bank page and they go, oh, Um, but you know, other people are like, no, I want it. I want it mapped out, and then I can do lots of it. I can get. I can get yeah. lots done. Again, this is it's okay. It's just how you are being aware of it. The other stereotype um, we've talked a bit about already: enjoy entrepreneurs enjoy and seek risk. So the subtler truth, as I said at the start, is entrepreneurs are just a little bit more comfortable um, with risk. You know, mm-hmm. so they they recognise that risk is necessary. Um, you know, they're better living with it and managing the anxiety that goes with it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I talk about you know, financial risk. I think in 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 church in church life, in some ways there is no financial risk. God is a great pr- provider. Um, he always provides. That's been my experience. <laughs> um, you know, growing up as a as a missionary kid and
1: yeah.
0: uh, and seeing God provide. I mean, That's been my experience just of my Christian walk. You know, God has provided. Now we, we do have a you know a God who has it all in His hands. But uh, the entrepreneurial risky guys probably <laughs> have, yeah, they're probably happy to have two weeks cash flow or a month's cash flow yeah. as opposed to say three months cash flow. You know, uh, or six months cash cash flow um so just just being aware of that now i'm using yeah. cash flow just as a kind of a hard a hard uh you know hard measure mm. but i reckon you find you know you'll find the accountant on the finance committee of a church is probably thinking oh they're probably not an entrepreneur yeah <laughs> let's let's just have a little bit more you know let's just have a little bit more cash flow in the bank uh, yeah. i don't want to do that now i think there's a there's a loving principle there just a as as an aside offshoot of this there is a loving principle when you are employing people and it's not you know not just your family or not just you risking it um, then there is a sense that you know you do need to have more cash flow so that you can make sure people are paid and mm-hmm. uh, and care for.
1: Bill Gates made sure that he could, if he went under, he could pay people for a whole year after. Yeah, good man.
0: Totally. So so there's a there's a guy who willing to take risks, mm. um, but also probably curious. Learnt, yeah curious, but pr- so probably curious. yeah probably learnt the hard way. Yeah. Um, in probably a number of startups before that, where he got cut and got fired, and you know couldn't you know couldn't pay the rent or you know going forward
1: yeah but Um, what would be the downside of multiple entrepreneurs on a staff team
0: (laughs) well uh you probably wouldn't have many people getting you know implementing things and getting getting them done you would probably have a lot of ideas you'd be flip-flopping and changing lots um you might not have any cash flow (laughs) 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 Um, uh, i yeah i i you know there's a reality that as um as as you know, again, the literature will say that as the product goes to market, as the thing gets launched, the entrepreneur kind of gets less engaged. Mm. You know, I know that of myself. Like, we got a conference in a few weeks' time. I don't know when. You know, the transmission date. This is. Uh, we've we've had a conference. that's just <laughs> we've had a conference. It's just happened. Now, in some senses, I'm already. I was already thinking about the next next year's conference. You know, yeah. three or four months ago. Um, and yes, I've got to deal with all the, A, you know, make sure the AV, you know, it, team's handling things and the program's getting sorted, but that's not giving me energy and excitement. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm already thinking about next year. Okay, what, what are we going to be doing next year? How are we going to make, make it better? Yeah. Where are we going to hold it? What's it going to look like? Um, so I think that's the danger that you're constantly looking forward and you're not able to sit and celebrate, mm. uh, you know, celebrate now. I think that's the danger, of, you know, for me often. I don't, I don't celebrate and go... Oh, isn't this great you know we've achieved so much yeah. and i think that's that's tough for a team because i'm always I'll, I'll always push on to the next thing
1: yeah but the team might need to stop and either grieve or celebrate or reflect and you're on to the next thing if yeah. you're leading it yeah
0: yeah that's it that's it mm-hmm. uh, and then i think you know if you're always if you if you being thrilled by an uncertain environment uh, the reality is church life needs to be stable you know there's a regularity of church life we, Yeah, you know week in week out we kind of do this do the same things and so if you're constantly looking for that um you know that uncertainty and that's and that's driving you uh then I think that's going to be problematic uh, particularly for raising up a team
1: yeah
0: uh, and for raising up a team of volunteers as well you know volunteers need certainty they need stability uh they mm. need to know that you know when they turn up things are going to be in place and so uh, I think that's the other um you know da- danger that could happen
1: mm what is the one thing you want to say about entrepreneurship in church leadership
0: well if that's you uh, you should think about starting something new in your church might be an evangelistic uh, activity you know you might want to start a, uh, a new group that tries to reach out to a segment of the population in your that your church is not raising reaching uh, you might be the person who needs to start a new campus or start a new church uh, plant coming from your church so I'd encourage you if that's you get assessed but first and first and foremost, probably talk with the church leaders uh, and uh, and find out if, you know, that's best for you.
1: Great. Mm.
0: Okay. Oh, so Maddie okay.
1: Yes. Given correct. I've
0: been speaking to me more now, <laughs> tell us about the toolbox.
1: Happy to. Uh, we have the CPAT, which is a church planner assessment tool built by Geneva Push, and it's to give you clear feedback on your suitability for ministry and your strengths, which will help identify if you are entrepreneurial or if your gifts lie elsewhere. The CPAT is broken into two categories, knowing your strengths, which is based on seven core competencies, and understanding your ministry style suitability, which is across 11 competencies. It's $20. Uh, You can get it from the Geneva Push website, genevapush.com forward slash CPAT. And uh, once you take the test, we're happy to go through your results with you and identify some next steps. Thanks, Scott. That was very interesting. Sorry, that was a genuine, sorry, I thought that was good. I, uh, I'm going to do a test now.
0: Every now and uh, again, you just go, oh, he knows a little bit no, about something. No, 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 you I do, know, you know he's... a
1: lot. You know a lot. Um, well, thanks so much for joining us on The One Thing, Mr Sanders. Uh, as a follow-on to the Reach Australia conference, we're doing some online learning labs. They're open to you if you didn't come to the conference, but they're included in your ticket price if you were there there will be learning labs on all areas of the church ecosystem, deep in word, God-attentiveness, serve, mission and community, as well as on church planting, change management and training. Go to reachaustralia.com.au forward slash labs. I'm Madeline Galea.
0: I'm Scott Sanders.
1: Chat soon. This is a shout out to one of our Reach Australia conference sponsors, Virtual Church Assist. Virtual Church Assist exists because they want to help support pastors, churches and ministries to be healthy and to grow. Specialising in supporting churches and ministry organisations across Australia with their administration, design, communications and even support needs. They can help relieve the burden and regain control. Go to virtualchurchassist.com